welcome to the Breaking Wax Podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Breaking Wax Podcast. I know in the intro I probably said that, but this week I'm I'm very excited, um, and I'm I'm very grateful that Phil up for Riggins Cards on Instagram is is with me today. Thanks for coming on today and uh, being being the guest or the person I'm going to rap or talk with today. I really appreciate it, and I'm very excited to have you on this week. I appreciate it. Uh, I I've been excited. I've been listening to each and every episode, you know, because we I think we run in some of the same circles uh, as far as the card community. So it's been exciting to to listen to and learn about each and every one of these guys. So it's my I, honor. I I'm I'm very thankful that you listen. Um, I've I've said it before, but like unless somebody I know is on a podcast, there's not really one that I listen to. Um, religiously or frequently at all um I, and every once in a while I'll, I'll get on a podcast uh if i'm at the gym um i think a lot of people listen to them in the car or when they have idle time when, when are you listening so i'm pretty fortunate i i manage a i manage a company an oil field company uh a service rig company so oil rigs hence the name oh, okay. riggins cards nice yeah, so I've been, that's the industry I've worked in for about, uh, 22 years now. So, uh, wow. but yeah, I have my, I have my own office and, uh, a few people that, uh, that work for me. So I'm pretty fortunate. I have amazing people to work for me. So I get to sit in my office a lot. Uh, and I listen to your podcast while I am signing invoices and doing the, those type of things. So nice. Kind of, kind of spoiled. Yeah, no, that's awesome though. What uh man, the oil field, that's that's uh could be very big money and lucrative. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Um it it's uh I've done I've done very well. So if I wouldn't have had uh you know my uh, my young my young age spent all my money and and uh what do you say, pissed it away and spent right, times right. in in you know things I shouldn't have been doing. I probably could have been retired twice over by now. So, but, uh, yeah, yeah, it is, it's a, it's an amazing career, especially in, in Canada. It's actually more lucrative than, than working in uh, the United States for that matter. So, wow. Um, but, uh, yeah. Where, where are you located in Canada? I'm in, I'm right in the middle in central Canada, right above, uh, right above North Dakota. So, uh, Saskatchewan is the province I live in. Okay. What's, yeah. uh, what was the weather like there today? You know what? This past, uh, oh, I'd say three weeks, we've had extremely hot temperatures. So I'm in, I'm, I deal with Celsius. <laughs> so it's, uh, been in the thirties, so mid thirties. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, but it's hot. Oh. <laughs> I don't, I don't either. Uh, what about humidity level? What's the humidity level like? Um, we, we've had a pretty dry last week here, but, uh, prior to that, we did have some rain. So the humidity was up. Um, I just noticed up more when I'm, you know, at the gym or something like that. I, sure. <laughs> I notice the humidity a heck of a lot more than I do at work. So, but, uh, so for reference, I'm, I'm in Southern Georgia for work, um, just an hour outside of Florida and it was mid 90 90 degrees and on the flip side i don't know what that is in celsius um 
freaking Americans in our non-standard ways. But uh, it was, it was uh, I'm pretty sure it was like 100% humidity. Um, so that's like instant sweating uh, yeah. as soon as you go outside. Are you crunching on something? No, I'm, I'm actually sorting cards. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll yeah, stop. It was... I'll stop. <laughs> it was, uh, I was like, damn, my man is eating some snacks or something. <laughs> no, I was ripping open some, uh, some packs here and what are you ripping? some stuff. No, I, I'm working on my uh, 20, uh, 2021 Prism set. So I'm, I'm oh. sorting cards. I'll, I'm sorry if I didn't know that would my mic would pick that up. So, yeah, it's amazing um, what gets picked up and what doesn't. So, I, so you're a multitasker. Then. I I I think you you mentioned it before. You don't like idle time, so I tried to do two or three things at the same time, and that really frustrates my wife. So, uh, I'm the but. same way. Um, I'm so bad that. I, so I like to read books. Um, it's a habit I picked up as a kid. Um, I, I read like two or three or three and four books at the same time, all the time. <laughs> that's, that's the funniest thing. Cause I do, I, I kind of do the same thing. Yeah. Right. So, I, yeah. and then, and people are always like, what are you reading? I'm like, ah, what, which one, which one do you want to know about? But, uh, yeah, that's, so you're building the 2021 set. So what do you have specific sets that you're, you build or is it just kind of like, like, is there a certain one you build every year? Well, for the past, I guess past four years, I've kind of dialed in on, on prison basketball. Okay. So the most expensive but, one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I'm a creature of, I, I, I like, I like the finer things in life. We'll put it that way. So I, okay, uh, I got you. <laughs> I um actually I think 2017 ish is kind of when I got back into into cards and uh but uh I was so fortunate because I live in a smaller city well I live in a smaller town but work in a smaller city and nobody buys sports cards here so I could walk in to any at Walmart any time of the day and I'd have free range of all the sports cards so I was just That's buying great. boxes and boxes of uh, 2017, 2018 Prism was probably when I went haywire. And I was buying, I don't know, 40 cello packs and 20 blasters at a time of Prism basketball and just taking it. Sometimes I wouldn't even make it out of the parking lot. I'd be ripping it open. Right. So, um, that's... Man, that's, uh, that's crazy. I forgot about that. So to bring it back to what you were saying at the beginning... We, we were in that um, group chat. It was Cardboard Mafia with a bunch of people. And I, re I remember there was a brief period where you were like, I just walked in the store. Any, does anybody want any of this stuff? And everyone was like, what do you mean you just walked in the store? How is that there? Um, is it still like that today too? Yeah, there's actually, I'd say there's three or four guys now that kind of dialed in on sports cards here. And uh, I, I we know each other. So... If one guy doesn't like, uh, say he's not going after, uh, like for instance, I just picked up a pile of that uh, draft prism draft football. I have no right. interest in the prism draft football. So, and he basically traded me a bunch of prism basketball blasters, and I said, "Hey, sure, straight up." So for retail, uh, right? So, oh man, that's a win for you all day. Yeah, absolutely. That's not so. even fair. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you know, we we do favors for each other. So you know, if it, yeah. if if the if so, if there's somebody less fortunate doesn't have the money at the time, I'll 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 purchase some some boxes for him and and he can just, he can just send me money whenever you know if he gets paid at a certain time or whatever the case may be. So right, that's how and Canadians that's, are. We're pretty generous. So <laughs> well, no, I I that's awesome. I didn't know that, but I I also think that's um, how a lot of people at least. The people in the circles that I keep, a lot of the people are like that in the hobby. Um, and I think that's what makes the hobby so great is that there's people like you that are willing to help other people out. And those people still exist. Um, and it's not just all about dollars and uh, what's best for you in every situation. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I have, I, let's put it this way. I get more than my fill of each product that I'm focusing in on. So like I'm... Yeah, I, I'm pretty fortunate when it comes to retail sports cards and things of that nature. So, you know, it I can't I won't empty my bank account over, you know, the entire rack of sports cards because my wife would uh beat me within an inch of my life. So I would uh yeah, you know, yeah. I sometimes I'll I'll share the wealth or or just give somebody a text and say, Hey, this is here if you're interested. Um I can pick it up, but you have to pay me back because like I said, my wife will will right. uh, will beat me down so yeah absolutely i've, I've got the same situation here oh, but i i'm i'm six five like 255 265 on a good day and my wife's like five foot 100 pounds soaking wet but i'm still afraid to death of her so yeah yeah i i'm kind of in the same boat i'm I'm not quite as big as you i'm, I'm maybe six two and 220 but and my wife is uh you know good seven eight inches shorter than me but uh she puts the fear. She puts the fear into oh, yeah. me every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, once you've been married a long time, there's no there's no confusion of who runs the house and <laughs> Absolutely who's boss. Not. Who's boss in certain situations for sure. So, um, back back to the set building though. So, have you completed 2017 all the way to 2021 already? So this is this is where my. Um, I, I kind of, I think I have kind of a disorder. I, I like, I, I'm a hoarder of things. Um, so I've actually went back to 2012, Don. I went, I'm, oh, wow. I'm, wor I'm working from set number, the first prism set all the way to the current one. So I have a number of them that are completed and then I complete. So people throw the inserts away or don't like the inserts. I, I, I call that my master too. set. I, yeah, I call that my master set. So there's a number of them that I have master sets completed. And then there's other ones that I just have the entire base set. And there's some that I'm still working on. So, so 1920 prism, do you have all those? Yes, I have two sets actually. <laughs> yeah. I have okay. Completed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess my, the hardest thing for me is so like 2019, for instance, or 2018, 18 Luca and Trey's rookie year, right? With those, any of those sets where there's like really good rookies in them, you know, you got Zion and Ja, obviously, and then um, the guys this year with Wiseman, um, Lamelo, and uh, Edwards, right? Um, do you grade any of those, or you just keep them in the set in the box? No. So any of the parallels, any of the parallels, like I'm a base, I'm a base set guy, and I. I I think everyone thinks I'm crazy, but I, I'll trade color 
for multiples of base cards that I need and things like that. I got you. Um, so, but no, the big cards, of course, I, I, I send away. I probably, like you, like half the guys, you know, in our group chats and things like that, I probably have six or 700 cards of PSA. Right. Um, and you got some big ones. I, I remember um, us talking, whether it was through through the chats, me and you, or through the group chat. You had some huge, like, I think it was Trey Young and Luca cards, right, that are at PSA still, or did you get those back? So I actually got, um, yeah, I had a number. I had a number of Trey Young rookie cards, and I just got, I got back. I actually sold one on, on eBay, which is the only reason I sell on eBay is to fund my, my set building, I'd say, is so that I can uh, sit on eBay and snipe cards and do that, things of that nature to, to fund my set building hobby. So, right. I don't sell, I don't sell too often. I, and that's, what's funny is when I say on Instagram or whatever the case may be, is that I'm willing to trade cards to finish my set. People, I don't think people realize that, I'm not going to give you, uh, you know, junk cards. I'm just looking to finish my set. So I put more value right. on, on, you know, I can't even think of a, of a player right now, but uh, say like a, if I didn't have Brooke Lopez in my set and I wanted Brooke Lopez, I'd be willing to trade, you know, a pretty big card in order to get that card for my set. And people, right. like, pe- like an all-star. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's, yeah. I, my focus is finishing the sets. It's not the, you know, the big players. All the big players are in my sets, of course. Like I have Luca base cards, and and people are always freaked out when I say binders, but I like to see my cards. So I have, I buy actually, I buy BCW Z Folio binders. No, no, uh, that's just my preference. Uh, you can put right. them in there sleeved. You can put them in there sleeved. So they're they're extra protected. They're they just look nice and so my Luca huh. base cards, my Trey base cards, uh, my Kawhi Leonard rookie card prism is in a binder. So that's crazy. What uh? So did this? We didn't talk about this. Did you collect cards as a kid? So I did. I did for a short period of time. Um. So I, growing up, uh, I was raised by a single mother, so we didn't have uh a lot of disposable disposable income so right. um yeah but there was always a grocery store down the road and uh you know if i could buy a pack of baseball cards or something to that effect i would my when i really started focusing on buying like lots of sports cards is when the blue jays actually won the back-to-back world series mm. um, against who'd they beat the twins one year right or both years no no they actually beat the i think it was the atlanta braves and then the phillies Okay. Did they beat the Twins one of the years, or maybe was that a... Uh, gosh, I don't remember. So on my desk, just, actually, in my card room, I actually have a signed Joe Carter, um, just a, you know, like one of those postcard things. But a right. friend of mine knew that I collected cards and that I was a huge Blue Jays fan, so that came... He's like, well, you may as well have this. It was sitting in a box, and I said, that's that's amazing, so... So that actually, the, one of the images from the, the World Series game, Joe Carter, it's an autographed little postcard on my on my desk here. So, Well, that's awesome. I, so this is not, I don't think it sounds horrible, but I was like, I hated the Blue Jays, and I'll explain <laughs> why. So my, 
my dad and I don't hate him. I don't hate him anymore. This is just when I was a kid. So my my dad would deploy to Korea for like a year at a time. And since my mother's Korean, we would go with right. And uh, we weren't supposed to go, but since my mother's whole family was here, we would all go. And they had a um, a TV station, one TV station. It's like the GI Network, right? And it just shows American shows um there's no rhyme or reason sports would be on at like three or four in the morning and i just remember watching the world series one of those years and the blue jays won and because we weren't in america and we were in korea i just didn't want a team to win that wasn't an american team and when the blue jays won it just it just devastated me as a kid like i just i don't know why it just did um you so know, that was probably just, is that 92 or 93 because they won back to back right so yeah, so. so it was one of those two years. Yeah, um, but yeah, I just I don't know. As a kid, it was like I was homesick, um, missing America, I guess, and just wanted them. You know, I was like, a Canadian team can't win at baseball. That's not right. It's an American sport. When I was a kid, <laughs> that's America's game. That yeah, was, yeah, it's the only thing I could think of right now that would make sense is why I was so upset because I never, I never really cared for baseball that much when I was a kid. Like I liked certain like i liked griffey um i liked all the two sport guys like bo jackson and Deion sanders when i was a kid it was pretty much um whoever nike was marketing is who i, I liked um and it was easy when i was a kid it seems like i don't i don't know if it's still that way for kids now like i always look when i'm at the gym or if i play basketball to see if kids are wearing curries you know um because for a moment there it seemed like he was pretty the most popular basketball player i don't really know who would be the most popular player now i mean lebron's always up there but it's kind of hard to say i think there's so many superstars um but yeah well, a lot of the bigger ones are jordan brand athletes still right so like right. luca and, and guys like that so they're all still everyone's still wearing jordans and i think that's another thing you and i have in common is sneakers so that's yep. kind of oh, yeah that's right <laughs> yeah that's kind of yeah. what I was in a bunch of sneaker chats and then, yeah, I kind of, I kind of figured that I was getting a little too old to, to wear certain sneakers all the time outside, <laughs> especially in a small town. People are like, what? Well, those are nice yeah. shoes. How much are they? Um, I'd rather not say so. Right. <laughs> so right. I focus, yeah. I focus on sports cards. And, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I used to I used to love all the Jordans, um, and then now I only wear certain ones. Um, like I like the ones a lot as I get older. The threes and the fours I like a lot. I always loved the elevens, and then when I put on a pair of mids, I'm just like, I don't think I can wear these anymore. My favorite pair of Jordans is sitting right beside me, actually, and it's and the only reason is because I bought them when they were when they were released is the Jordan, the Bordeaux sevens. Yep. I don't know. Yep. If, yeah. If you ever had those or owned them, but I uh, did. I did. Yeah. They were my favorite, they're my favorite Jordan. So I had to buy them again when they re-released. So, um, but I do, yeah, I do wear ones the majority of the time. I think that's more of a, a sneaker you can wear with everything. So. Right. And that's, that's a, a proud dad moment. My middle son wore, a pair of ones to prom this year and i was i was impressed and proud and proud as a father actually because so, <laughs> uh, you know most most people pick the 11s and he was like no i like the ones i was like sweet yeah, yeah the sneaker thing goes in waves oh did you uh, yeah and she uh 
you know, we went to sneaker events and things like that. And then, uh, she's, she's more of a, whatever the Chuck Taylors and things like that. Yeah. Something nice and easy and plain, but she has a whole bunch of sneakers here, but, uh, it's kind of fun. Oh, that's so my 16 year old daughter, she has got a sneaker collection that would put most boys or sneaker collectors to shame. And she never wears them. It's like the weirdest thing to me, but she'll want them and I get them for her. But yeah, she's got a crazy amount of like Yeezys and, and every Jordan in every colorway. It's crazy. Um, but I, yeah, I don't, so the, the sevens, the Bordeaux sevens are sick. My favorite seven is the Olympic sevens. Um, yeah. I wish they would re-release that soon. And like, just, I, and I like it when they retro the shoes in the exact colorway. I don't like it when they do the extra, whatever it is, you know, they've been like adding things and I, I personally don't like it, but I would just rather have the retro in the, the exact colorway as it comes, you know? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I had the, I was gonna buy another pair of shadows, uh, Jordan One shadows, and yeah. and they changed them, and uh, I wasn't very impressed with that. So, you but, know the uh, they they released those Carolina Blue ones, the highs, um, maybe two months ago, and I I just happened to get them on sneakers, and they came in, and they were super super nice, um, and super clean. But I I checked StockX and. Uh, they're selling for like four seventy five, and I was like, eh, "I like these, but I don't like them that much." So I, I moved them. <laughs> so it's, hard, it's I don't know why it's just hard for me not to wear an OG colorway. So that's that's somebody somebody uh, that you've had on the podcast previously rubbing off on you, right? You see that oh, yeah. that quick flip opportunity, and boom, it's out of here. I like it. Yeah, I, I, th- I mean, I think you're, I think you're talking about Brandon a little bit, and it's funny because yeah. every episode, I'm like, I'm not going to talk about Brandon, but then we always do. But he, he doesn't, he doesn't flip his sneakers at all, surprisingly. So, and then uh, because of him, I always try to not pay attention to the sneakers that much, and then they'll retro a pair, a pair will come out, and uh, and he'll be like, Hey, did you see these? And I'm like, Shit, I didn't, or I did, and I'm trying not to think about it. Now I want a pair, so. It's just the way yeah. it goes. No, I have some. I've I've downsized quite a bit, and I you know I keep the ones that uh, I'm really you know I anticipate wearing in the next couple of years. Other than that, uh, but I have. Yes, yeah, some sitting in boxes here, <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, that's funny. But everyone kind of trend, and a lot of people say that the people that wear sneakers transitioned into sports cards quite immediately. But I was doing both for for a couple mm-hmm. years, and then I just right. I just figured that uh, I had one one uh, expensive hobby. Maybe I shouldn't have two, and uh, right, it was easier to to get uh, get my wife to agree to let me buy more cards than sneakers. I, the sneakers got a little crazy for a little while, then it cooled off. But, uh, but yeah, I don't, I still, so were you ever on Nike talk? No, no, I wasn't. No, no I don't even know if that was a, I, like in Canada, I don't know. I don't know a lot of other sneaker collectors too. Like, um, I'm African, I'm like my father's from Africa. So. Okay. Yeah. I live in small towns my whole life yeah. and I'm usually 
it sounds funny in this province i'm usually in every town i'm like one of one of two or three black people in the community so right me me stunting with you know a bunch of a bunch of sneakers it just doesn't make sense anymore but uh also growing up there wasn't a lot of people that were into sneakers like i was so right. i you know i'd be playing basketball or something to that effect and i'd have on a 200 dollars pair of sneakers and nobody else would nobody would care nobody would know what they were so it was right just, right yeah but you yeah, i didn't really have a, a community <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh so i don't have you ever been on nike talk are you familiar with the, the forum i am but i have never no i'm familiar uh, with I, it but i haven't been on it yeah. it's funny because like i i've been a member on that forum since I think 2003, but I, I was in the sneakers way before that. Just, you know, I was a huge Jordan fan as a kid and then playing basketball. Um, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's so weird how the internet has evolved even for us, right? Like it was chats, forums. Um, it's kind of funny because people know what Reddit is and that's like a giant forum, but there used to be just dedicated websites to specific things. And you don't, you don't really see that anymore of people just talking on these different websites. I guess people go to Reddit and I go to Reddit, but I don't ever comment or uh, go to like specific Reddit threads to read up on things. I don't know. I don't know if you do. No, I think the, mostly when I'm troubleshooting something at work, I'll go to, you know, a yeah. forum on something that's broken. Other than that, I, I stick to uh you know, mainly Instagram. And it's, it's funny. I used to be on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff, but you know, the, the people that I talk to the majority of the time are all on Instagram and it's, uh, you know, I made some, I feel like I've made some pretty good friends through Instagram, but I've never actually yep. met them in person. Right. I talk to these right. guys each and every day, which is, you know, more than, more than I talk to the friends I have here. So right. it's kind of funny. It is and that's yeah there's a few people on instagram i talk to daily through the chat and then some on the phone um i haven't met them in real life yet either i mean it is a combination of getting back into cards and then covid um but hopefully here soon we'll you know we'll meet up are you going to any of the big card shows or no well right now the travel the travel still restricted for us right like so if i leave i have to quarantine yeah so oh, wow. you know when everyone's going to the national and all this stuff i've you know, I actually have a couple buddies in Chicago um, that I've met through Instagram. And, you know, and we, like you said, we talk on the phone all the time or video chat and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, so I have opportunities of places to stay and things like that. But, I, yeah, I can't quarantine for two weeks when I come back. You know, I'd have to take three weeks off off my job. So That's crazy. So you have to quarantine even if you're vaccinated? Yeah, currently the the restrictions aren't lifted. The border's still closed for non-essential wow. workers. Yeah. Well, I didn't I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Wow. You Where's can't that? drive across, but you can fly, and then you have to quarantine. Wow. Is uh so was, I I mean I guess I we don't have to get into um the COVID stuff, but I I, I am curious though since I got you on is how how was Canada going through the whole COVID process? Have things gotten better there? Or has it been kind of steadily the same? Um, geez, that's weird. Uh, I, you know, it, it, I haven't, even in our chats and stuff, I haven't really talked that much about it. But I think it was handled okay, I guess, yeah. for, for what, you know, for for how quickly it all happened. But, uh, 
right now we we finally uh don't have to wear masks masks in okay. public and all that kind of thing so you know that's a relief but uh yeah there's still a lot of restrictions and things of that nature but for sporting events and things like that uh, i don't know if you watch the the nhl but uh when they were playing in canada they only had what 3500 fans and when they okay. went back to tampa they were you know the stadium was full so those time those full, kind of restrictions yeah. are still in place yeah so. yeah I don't, I don't know what the right or wrong answer is anymore and uh I, so I travel for work, right? And um, when COVID happened, I lived in New York and it was like complete lockdown. Um, and it was almost like there was no end in sight at the time, thinking back on it. And then it was very, it was very weird because like speaking of my father, he's in Florida and he'd be like, oh, there's only three positive, like 300 positive tests in the state of Florida. Right. And I'd be like, yeah, I understand dad, but, uh, there's 70,000 positives in the county I live in, in Long Island. Um, not the state, just the one county I'm in, right? And yeah. uh, so, you know, it's all about perspective. And and for me, like, I don't, I don't do politics. Um, but, yeah, so it's all about the perspective. And I think here it was, I don't know what the right or wrong answer was anymore, because like I was saying, I travel, so in March I was in Miami for work, and it was, it was wide open, People were not wearing masks somewhere, um, but all the businesses were thriving. And then fast forward a month later, not even three weeks, I was in Philly for work and half the city was still shut down and businesses were out of business. Um, and the hotels, the restaurants weren't open. And, you know, so like, I, I don't really know what the right answer was. I, I think for me, I never, I was never worried about getting it and then becoming ill from it i was i was more worried about my parents and people that were you know had pre what is it uh yeah pre-existing conditions and things like that exactly exactly but then even moving forward like i just i just like to be informed and my buddy's wife is a disease specialist at a hospital and i was talking to her and i'm like well what do you think you know like are people foolish for not getting vaccinated and she was like well you know it depends she gave she gave a politically correct answer to me, but what, the one thing she did tell me was that she had a patient that's like in their early forties that uh, didn't get vaccinated, got COVID, and then is having all these effects from it, um, like uh, like fogginess right in the brain, like uh, couldn't taste stuff still, and was having respiratory problems, and basically like this person was spending forty fifty thousand dollars on medical care here in, in the U.S just because they didn't want to get vaccinated. And I, you know, and mm. I, it's a personal choice, a hundred percent, but you just, I hear stuff like that and I'm like, geez, that sucks. But yeah. And, then, yeah and things are just changing constantly. So you just don't know, I guess, you know? Yeah. I think uh, our, like our, our hospitals and things like that, because of course we have free healthcare here and, uh, right. but they were overrun and, uh, like the the even with our small population in this province, like there's uh I think there's only over just shortly over a mil or a smaller amount than a million people in the province of Saskatchewan, if you can believe that. Right. Like it's a huge landmass and it's mostly farmland and things of that nature. But yeah. Right. And they were still the hospitals were overrun and beds were full, things that things like that. So Right, right. Yeah, I think um I don't, I don't know if it's like this in Canada, but I, th- I think in the U.S., 
the problem with politics um, and all this stuff is we've, we've lost this ability to talk to people and respect that people have differing, differing opinions. And that's mm-hmm. okay, right? Like, because uh, when you're talking about opinions and things that aren't factual, nobody's right or wrong. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just what you believe in for whatever the situation is. Just because I believe something differently doesn't mean we can't be friends. I can't buy you a beer. There's no reason for us to hate each other over it. And that's the thing that I think that bothers me the most about when you're talking about politics, COVID, even just everything. It just seems like everything's an argument nowadays. And I don't know if it's like that there, but I just, I'm on Facebook. But I don't ever post anything, but I just see people arguing. And I'm like, man, you guys are literally arguing about nothing. And you're arguing about stuff you have no idea what you're talking about, which is amazing to me that you can be that strongly opinionated about stuff that you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's why I stay out of politics because I don't, I don't invest that much time or energy into it. So I, right. yeah, I, I'm kind of indifferent. Uh, I just uh, try, like I said, try and go through it day by day and do the best I can with what I've got. And yep. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's crazy. And, and oh, and that's, I wanted to circle back to the cards and the hobby because it's funny, like we both were, we both collected cards as kids. We were both into sneakers. And then I just found it funny over the last two years where you have certain people in the hobby that hate, maybe that's too strong of a word, but there's a strong dislike for the sneaker folks or the sneaker <laughs> heads that are in the card collecting hobby. And I just, I don't understand where that comes from. Well, the, the true collectors, as they uh, call themselves, I think just, you know, when they when sneaker guys came in and, you know, that was a big reselling game. Everyone was flipping yeah. sneakers and doing that thing. Yep. And they and when they when you couldn't go to the store and and buy your two boxes of whatever product because somebody had came and cleaned out the shelves. I think that's what's frustrating most people. And, right. And I, I can understand that, you know, they're. And they're not leaving. They're not leaving cards on the shelves for kids anymore. I'm not sure if no. kids can even afford cards right now. But uh, no, you know, I bought a no. I, well. The Canadian, I guess, Canadian dollar's a little, a little weaker than the U.S. dollar. But uh, you know, for instance, a fifty-dollar blaster of Prism basketball. I don't know. I don't know many nine-year-old kids that would buy that. No, and that, so. and that and that for me, which has kind of been a running thing for me, I, I find through the podcast is not not my hate for the hobby that I love, but it's just a thing where like history repeats itself, and these it's like these card companies can't even see what they're doing to themselves, and mm-hmm. the greed is just the greed is just taken over, you know. Um, yeah, and that's the thing is like if you're looking at things from a dollar and cents standpoint like there's no reason to rip a two thousand dollar box of anything when there's no return on investment and you can't tell me you love cards that much that you're spending a mortgage payment on a box of cards with an with an unknown you know yeah so i think that's what makes it tough yeah if it wasn't it wasn't for retail i'd i'd struggle a lot like i did a lot of breaks and things like yep. that when I when I got back into cards and oh man I think that was just more the excitement right like the yeah the kind of gamble of it you know you could potentially hit this monster card and things like that but uh, you know you well, know for a fraction of the price of buying that box so 
And uh, I, I did a lot of yeah. that, and I was really fortunate with that too. And I hit some some amazing amazing cards that uh, are still in my collection. Or because, like I said, I don't sell a lot. I I'm a hoarder at heart, so I got them all in boxes here and in my little safe and things like that. So. Yeah, I don't I don't mind selling. I'm I actually really really like trading, so I can't wait to be off of this job I'm on now and I can go to some card shows um, and do some trading with some folks. I, I do a lot of trading on Instagram, but I, for me, the the light switch went off was uh, I opened two boxes of Javi um, 1920, the Zion year, and I didn't get, a, in two boxes of Javi, I didn't get a single John Morant or Zion base. Not even, That's not crazy. color, just base alone, right? And, uh, so for me, I was like, so the way I, I justify the risk or the gamble with the breaks is like, uh, you know, if, if I'm going after um, Justin Herbert, for instance, and it's 1600 bucks for the break and a box cost 1600 bucks or more, to me, it's like justifiable. Like, well, then you spend the 1600 bucks for a chance at Justin Herbert in 20 boxes or 10 boxes. Then I'm okay with getting one or two that way because uh, you know I always in the back of my mind I'm like I could open one box and get zero, so at least I we're opening ten boxes and I have a chance of getting the player I'm looking for. So I think that's where breaks are still good, um, but again it's always a risk you could get zero. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so. or you could just you know message me and I probably have a couple cards that I would trade you yeah. if you're looking. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't done. I don't. Have we done any trades? Or I'm, I think it's mostly been me buying stuff from you. <laughs> yeah, you bought a couple. Yeah, you bought a couple cards from me, and uh, yeah, I think that's about it. I think you, we we we're working on one, but uh, yeah, no, I don't know. Were we? I, and did I kinda, we did we drop off on something? Uh, I don't recall. I know I sent you some like a laundry tag or something to one of your Jaguars players. I think right. You did. Didn't and I you know, you that one? Yeah, it was uh, TJ Yeldon, and my buddy's son, who's seven or eight years old, is a huge Jags fan, and he wanted nothing. I, you know, I, I never told you this. So he wanted nothing more than to have an autographed patch card of a Jags player. So I sent it to him for his birthday, and he was, like, ecstatic about it. Nice. Yeah, yeah so, forward, man. That's what it's all – that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Because I just remember my buddy, and he just got back into cards. Was like, man, you know, he really wants. Um, they call him Kenny, even though it's him and his dad have the same name. He's like, Kenny really wants this, uh, any Jags autograph or relic card. And I'm like, oh, I have the perfect thing for him that was gifted to me, and I'll, I will gift it to him because I know he will cherish it and hold on to it for a long time. So that's where the tj yelled at is that gosh i can't believe i never told you that but yeah i sent it to him so. <laughs> no that's awesome um, i have a i have a good buddy that i chat with every day Feasel. i i think you've oh, probably yeah. heard it yep. yeah he's that's the guy i talk to the most in the hobby i and his kids they call me uncle riggins like when we video chat it's kind of funny and they that send me funny. letters and birthday we like we send birthday gifts and the whole nine years that's what i mean that's why i love this hobby so much and and uh, his kids have probably one of the best card collections that you, and they are his kids' cards because he will not sell them. He will not trade them. He'll trade all his stuff away 
like he has Mahomes, RPAs, things like that. And uh, but his kids have an amazing card collection, and he's put That's them all awesome. away for him. Yeah. So what, like uh, for a birthday or something, they they're always hitting me up. Uh, it's like oh, and he jokes with me, Uncle Riggins. Yeah, they want a Luca autograph. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure they do. <laughs> <laughs> so does everybody else. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they do. But uh, yeah, I'll, you know, you can gift a kid a a pretty awesome card and you know that's going to stay with them and they'll remember where it comes from they always send oh, me yeah, thank 100%. you letters and yeah so it's pretty amazing and he does the same thing for my kids which is amazing so that's awesome so, uh, yeah gosh that's cool uncle riggins yeah uncle riggins yeah, yeah so I, I, got, I, I, oh go ahead sorry no as i said he's got amazing kids and amazing family i just yeah I can't, that's one of the people I can't wait to meet in person. We talk about it all the time. So as soon as this border opens and I have an opportunity to travel, uh, my, my, my family, we travel quite a bit too. So, um, oh, that's cool. I can't wait to get across the border. Have they said when the border will be open or any ideas or it's just month to month, yet. day by day? Yeah. I nothing gotcha. yet. They just kept extending, extending it. So. I was hoping by the start of summer it would have been open, but uh, they just keep extending it. It's kind of frustrating, but yeah. So I, I remember I bought that. Uh, it's like I call it Count Dracula, the black uh, Charizard from you. Oh and yeah. I got a and it got a BGS ten. So I was I was super pumped about that. But you know, you talk about the kids. So my middle son, the eighteen year old, he he was all about Pokemon as a kid. And he opened so many packs as a kid and never got a Charizard, right? And uh, I remember I got the, the charcoal Charizard from you. Um, so then we're opening uh, the ETBs, um, the Elite Trainer boxes, and he opened a rainbow Charizard in, like, the last pack. And he was like – and I, so I'm the dad, so I paid for it all. And he's like, this is mine. I opened it. And I was like, I, I don't think that's how that works. And, uh, <laughs> And then, uh, coincidentally enough, my daughter opened up a box and got the the uh, the Charizard, the VMAX one. And uh, so we sent all three of those um, to BGS, and they all got BGS 10. So it was kind of awesome, except for I, I could never move them or sell them now because they both claim that they're theirs. And so it is what it is. I guess those three will never move out of the collection, which is fine. Well, so my, my oldest son here, he has an amazing Pokemon card collection. And that's, you know, and that's how it started with Pokemon is, yeah, we, I saw some of the cards were valuable, but uh, he, he wanted to collect and trade with his friends. So we just, we went haywire on those as well. And like you said, but ETBs and every pack we could get our hands on. And now he has like a reverse hollow completed set because I'm the set builder. Right. So I can't, I can't, you know, miss cards in the set that's just silly so we built the reverse yeah. hollow set and a hollow set and he's got them all and they're actually they're they're his he knows exactly where they are but uh until he's a little older they they stay in dad's card room so right right so you have a dedicated room for the hobby <laughs> yeah and i i think i mentioned in the chat uh, but uh actually did a pile of renovations in my home this summer. So I, my, my current card room that I'm sitting in actually now is, I don't know, nine by 10 or something like it's a little, it's kind of a little closet, but uh, 
Right. And it's it's floor to ceiling cards. So I actually <laughs> made a larger room in my basement. Um, so as soon as the the new flooring is installed, which should be next week, I'm going to start moving into there. So I have more room. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That, so right now our, our guest room when I'm home is just cards and stuff everywhere. And then, uh, I mean, just there's all kinds of stuff. Magazine, like Sports Illustrated magazines, VHS tapes, comic books, just stuff everywhere. And then uh, when we have guests come over. We have to figure out where to hide it all out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> but, That's awesome. Yeah, you guys... I, I just can't make that, like, I understand that there's, like, all collectibles are, are you know, there's a, a good return on investment, or you can, you know, you can flip these certain things. I just can't make the transition from cards. I'm, I'm, I'm all in on cards. I like cards. I, you know, I feel I know that kind of, um, that hobby the best, but right. I just see, right. I see all these guys that are investing in in comic books and and like you said vhs sports illustrated game tickets all these things and i just can't make i can't make the i can't make the switch the transition just yet so i'm so, i'm so, still all so, in the cards so besides the sneakers which have, have weaned off in the cards you don't you don't have any other like just collectibles for the personal like stuff for you besides that um <laughs> Yeah, I guess I do. I have art. I like art. Um, nice. Yeah, I like comic book art. I collect. So, like original artwork, like um, okay. So yep. I, I go. We go to comic cons and things like that. My daughter and I, fan expos or whatever they're called, and I usually yep. always get one or two pieces every year, that are actually uh, like inked there by the artist, and I'll purchase that and I'll frame it, and then I have my favorite artist. Um, that I'll purchase a piece from them every time I go somewhere. Um, and then I do have uh, some comic books, but they're not graded or anything like that, but I have, yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, I think the other stuff for me is, uh, I, I always try to look for a way to trade or sell something like, especially the newer stuff, the comic books, the tickets, um, even the VHS, like I should get my first VHS graded, um, the stuff I submitted back this week and it was uh, above the rim, which to me was, is like a super iconic movie with Tupac in it. Um, Goodfellas is always, a, Goodfellas is always a good one. And then um, it was Indiana Jones, uh, Temple of Doom. Right. So I, when I was a kid, like, I don't know why I just loved that movie. Um, and then uh, a, not Dragon Ball Z or no, it is Dragon Ball Z one that Brandon told me to buy. So I bought it and sent it to grading, but uh those four things I've just bought for me. I might move one or two, but um, like the above the rim is definitely going in my office. Um, the other ones we'll see. But yeah, it's I just I just do that just so I can get the other things that I want for my collection. Not so much, uh, and I haven't really found anyone. I mean, if people want to trade comic books and those other things, I'd be willing to. I just I don't know. I just, yeah, you're, the cards are the main thing for me too, as far as like trading and keeping. But I I don't have any specific things that I'm trying to keep. Like right now, I'm after a LeBron rookie card. I would like to have a LeBron rookie card um, to go with the Brady and the Kobe. Um, that's pretty much it. I I would like to pick up a Luca. Um, I think, but I, I I think for the personal collection, I just want to keep guys that are established. 
um, Hall of Famers, right? Like there's a Jordan yeah. rookie card I need to get, and I don't care what the grade is. I just want to have it to have it um, in my collection. Yeah, I was. So. Oh, that's what it was. I have that friend uh, that I talked to, and he actually. So, a oh, way yeah, I get right. a lot of my older cards is from uh, YouTube auctions. I don't know if you've ever done that. No, I haven't seen that. It's amazing. It's amazing. And so, I don't know. I don't know if this is a shameless plug, but uh, his name is Jimmy Guns on YouTube. And every Saturday okay. night, he does a live auction, and you can request teams, request players, you know. And he has slabs. He has older stuff. He has. You know, sometimes he'll bring out autographed jerseys, things like that. And uh, it's amazing. And every time <laughs> every time he sells a card for $20 or more, he does a shot. So you can just imagine how the night goes on. Holy it's, cow. Oh, yeah. He'll, and he, he's a gentleman that had that Jordan rookie that I was kind of trying to, oh, yeah, uh, that's right. you know, to, to mix you guys up together and, and make that happen for you. But, um, no, he's got amazing cards and and he's been doing it for such a long time, right? Like uh, these auctions anyways. And uh, you always, you can always find it. You can always get a great deal. And it's, I've gotten so many amazing old cards from, you know, from the nineties and, and things like that. So, right. Yeah. So Man, I do, the, I do those that. 90s cards are, those nineties those cards and anything older, gosh, the uh, quality control, I, I guess was non-existent back then. Oh, for sure. Th those are more nostalgia pieces. Like, so bef <laughs> I guess I should mention that, like, so my, I also have sets of Fleer basketball, not, not the rookie Jordan rookie year, but I think I started in 89 and I have the Fleer basketball sets and the hoops basketball sets and things like that. Wow. Like I have the older stuff that was right. kind of, you know, the easier stuff to put together. Cause you know, some people would sell a set on eBay for eight dollars so wow back when i was buying buying cards on ebay oh yeah for example like i'm i collect or personally collect canadians in the nba besides set building that's my main focus is canadians right. yep and, and there's uh, a lot of them now yeah yeah there is there's there's some really good athletes that come out of canada really good. um yep. i was buying a sga um autographs from contenders optic for twenty dollars wow. i was buying yeah so i have a stack of you know shea gilders alexander autographs things like that i was buying for twenty dollars and and then the hobby turned and now they're i don't know what they are 300 bucks 400 bucks so it's kind uh, of funny. easily yeah that's man he i'm so i'm a florida gators fan and he absolutely broke my heart so he committed to the gators um early in the recruiting process in high school. And then he slowly picked up steam his senior year and Kentucky and he um, decommitted from Florida and committed to Kentucky and then beat the shit out of us that next year before he went to the NBA. So, so you're not a big fan of Kentucky basketball. No, not at all. I can't stand, I can't stand Calipari. Oh man! I mean, and that's I, probably the biggest factory for Canadian basketball players. Well, Duke oh, and, and Kentucky, Kentucky just yeah. pump out Canadians into the NBA, and it's just amazing. I just don't know how he does it. But oh, Calipari, I, it's easy. He does it with bags of money, and I mean, like Calipari to me is like uh, you seen the movie Blue Chips, right? I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely. Assuming. 
Right. So I, I think he just does it. It's a modern day uh, laundering scheme of just, I mean, how, how do you get your record completely erased from uh, UMass, right? Marcus Camby years. And then everything he did at Memphis has been completely erased. And then you want me to believe, and maybe he's doing it right and I'm completely wrong. But then you go to Kentucky and you have the top recruiting class for X amount of years. Um, and everybody's okay with it just because they're winning, right? I mean, I guess that's yeah. the thing is winning cures all. So it doesn't matter what happened in the past as long as he's winning now and that's all they care about. So so I just found out, I didn't realize that Obi Toppin's brother plays for Kentucky. I don't yep. know if you know Obi. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to keep my eye on him too. So I don't, I don't like the Knicks. I'm not a Knicks fan. I am an R.J. Barrett fan, and that's yep. my main PC. And, uh, yeah, so I'm just uh, – I want I want the Knicks to give him some help, and maybe my my personal collection will be uh, – because I have quite a few R.J. Barrett cards. So it yeah. will uh, – hopefully, you know, the value will be increased exponentially. I think I um... – Although all the base PSA stuff, like, shit the bed. Well, not completely. I mean, there's still money. But I think I have 10 Prism. I think they're just, they're just base uh, RJ Barrett. I'm waiting to get back any day now. So I'm sure you have one. If you're not, I will send you one. No problem. Uh, so the base Prisms, I probably have about 40. But, Do you have uh, graded? No, no, no. I have, no, none of, my P, none of my PC is graded. Okay, well, so... Crazy. If if a PSA ten, if I get if I get more than one ten, or hell, if I get one, it's yours. So, oh, thank, and, I appreciate and, that. That's awesome. And, and you got this uh, podcast to remind me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, didn't, I'm sure you would never um, forget. Didn't Tim? Was it Tim or John? Didn't they send you a pretty big RJ Barrett, a graded one? Yeah, one of my favorite cards in my collection, actually. Yeah, so. A gentleman that was on your previous podcast, J-Roo, and uh, Card Stash, uh, Tim. They, so he was in a break with Tim, and he pulled the R.J. Barrett Select Zebra. Yep. Yep, and then Tim sent it away, and those guys gifted that to me, which is which blew me away. Blew me away. And I actually have the, the letter sitting on my desk, the desk from John. So, yeah. Yeah, John's, John's good like that. He's very good like that. He's good people. Yeah. Yeah. There's I mean, some amazing people in the song. When we were in that group chat, I, I still, you know, he was like, and we should have talked about it when he was on, but he had that Tom Brady rookie card just sitting in a box in a penny sleeve for 20 years. Uh, <laughs> and then just decided to send it to get graded, like came across it. I was like, let me grade this thing. And then in that group chat, he was like, there's a bunch of Boston guys in there, and he's like, "Hey, any Boston guys want this Brady PSA nine rookie card? The Bowman, it's the paper, not the chrome." But uh, he's like, "If anybody wants it, I'll I'll sell it to you for a thousand bucks." And I was like, "I remember looking at the group chat for a solid minute, going, none of these guys are even replying to him, and I'm not really sure why. I will take it." And he was like, "All right, Don, it's yours. I can't believe none of these Boston guys even replied." And uh, and then we ended up trading. Um, I got a Acuna bat down, and he's a huge Acuna. I say Acuna, he says Acuna, so I don't know who's right. Um, 
But yeah, so we traded for it. And so now I have that Brady and he wrote me a long note as well. And it, I posted it on Instagram. But yeah, John's good like that. So I can't believe when you had John on that you didn't talk about him beating Steph Curry in horse. I forgot. And I, I don't even, and you know, and then he bet me that he could beat me. And he's, I hope he listened to this. He is 100% wrong. Like, <laughs> He he has no clue what's coming his way if we play one on one. so when we I can't wait to, for us to get together, a whole bunch yeah. of us because we're gonna probably golf, get in trouble because there's a lot of golfers, and then we have to do play. But, oh, I do. Yeah, yeah. That's part of the oil field out here. Is you, you know, that's on days off you go golfing. So yeah, I golf quite a bit, but uh, I'm I, horrendous. I, that's okay. It, it's just, that's even better because sometimes that's, that's more fun is watching somebody, you know, take a massive swing and end up on their, end up so, on their butt. And... I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. Um, my, my grandfather golfed, uh, my uncle golfed at the Naval Academy. And so golfing has been a part of our family, but my father never golfed. He surfed and did other things. And then as a kid, I was just kind of like, yeah, I'm not interested in golfing, but fast forward, my freshman year of college, um, I went to Daytona Beach Community College back home, and uh, my buddy's dad was a superintendent of a bunch of fancy golf courses. So for one year, I played every day. I played golf every single day, and um, it was kind of a – we were just living the life. Like, I would go, we would go to the clubhouse and order steaks and beers, and we're not, nowhere near 21, like 18 years <laughs> old at the time. And I remember his dad would be like, hey, assholes, like, you guys can get food, but you don't need to get steaks and freaking beers when you're not even 21. But anyways, but I'm still horrendous. And uh, so are you familiar with uh, TPC, the Players' Championship in Ponte Vedra? Yes, I am. Yeah. Right, the famous 17 island hole. I've been kicked off of that course twice because of my etiquette. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. There's people that would kill just to go and play there. Yeah. Yeah, and I've been I've been kicked out of there twice as a kid. But uh, so my my thing with golf is I I love the camaraderie and being with the guys. So I will go, but usually after hole, say ten or twelve, I, I'll either be committed to either uh, getting bloody marys and having a cigar, and like I'll hit a, a crappy ball and be like ah, I'll just drop on the green. I'm not really interested in playing anymore. So that it goes downhill real quick for me. No, that's that's fine. That's what it's all about. That's what I enjoy about it. Right. Just getting out. Sometimes we just but, play best ball scrambles or whatever. So you don't have to you don't have to shoot the lights out. You know, you get one good shot, and that's the one you talk about for the next week. So I think um, John John's got he's got the confidence, right? If you uh, if you talk to him about the basketball, which it doesn't worry me at all. It's just I know I can't have a reasonable conversation with him about how I'm going to beat the shit out of him in one-on-one uh, <laughs> because that's how confident he is. Um, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to start a, I'm going to start some kind of pool and yeah. uh, I'm going to get everyone to put in money and who they're betting on. And I'm sorry. I love John to death, but uh, I'm Me just, too. you know, I'm just going to say that I'm probably not going to bet on John. I'm probably, so I'm probably not probably not going to put my wager on. I think I, I think next national, I, as long as everything keeps trending in a good way with the world, that uh, 
we could probably make it happen. I, I'm all for, uh, and I wasn't sure if you want to talk about this because it, it has nothing to do with you, but just in the hobby, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of grade A jerks and assholes. And I, I would be up for putting together a small boxing venue at next year's nationals where people can box each other. Kind of like how, uh, bar, you know, how Barstool Sports does it. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. I, yeah. I would be, I, I mean, I will fully commit to it and put this event together if people want to do it. <laughs> well, there's some people that have some bad blood, even in some of the previous chats that would, I they try and take each other's heads off. I think yeah. it would be very, very entertaining. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. You could make some money I, at a mission. I've, I've, uh, I've done mixed martial arts like throughout my life um, and grappled and grappled with people. And I just, so I'm fully aware that anyone can be knocked out by anyone. Um, but I, I would I would pay to see some of these people just go at it. It would be awesome. <laughs> It'd be a great. I think side the, I think the quiet I think the quiet ones are the ones you always should worry about. And uh, yeah, so you not not saying that you can knock somebody's heads off and your you know your military background. I'd probably I'd probably wouldn't uh, chirp too much, but. Uh, yeah, I think the quiet ones are the ones you worry about. So, oh yeah, a hundred percent. You know, and I, I think it's weird too. Is like as as men, um, I think you don't ever want to feel like uh, that someone would just beat the living shit out of you. But I I I found throughout my life that not a lot of people have actually been in like a real fist fight. You know what I mean? Um, you, you either a it's a it's a, a circumstance thing like something in life that you've been through that has forced you into this thing where you've been in the fist fights or you're an asshole or you just had enough of something right so most people don't grow up getting in a ton of fist fights um i i don't know what it was like for you but like for me as a kid so you know my mother's korean and my first language is korean um so as a kid in Korea, I got into a lot of fights because people were always talking shit and I'd understand what they're saying and like talk shit back to them. And one thing would lead to another. And then it was kind of sad. We'd move back to the U.S. and it was the same thing. People were like talking shit. So it was like I would just constantly be getting in the fights. It was, I was I was really bad, like uh, to the point of if anyone said anything to my younger brother at all, we're throwing hands no matter what. So my, I grew up in, uh, in another province, but way up, uh, in the bush. Um, uh, so Northern British Columbia is where I grew up. It was, I was born and raised up there and, uh, it's primarily a first nations community. Right. So I don't want to say that this is, I guess this is my, my view of it. The one, one thing that they don't like more than white people is black people. Because right. they're trying, because I don't know if you see like, but here it's almost like that. Lots of them dress like they're they're African American or whatever, right? They, you know, they dress differently. But uh, anyways, okay. I fought. Yeah, I fought every day, every day yeah. growing up. My mom's a big white German lady, and my dad's from Africa, so I'm kind of a Heinz fifty seven. So right, no, oh, same. So I completely <laughs> understand where you're coming from. Yeah. So and uh, instead of having. Uh, your brother there, my sister, who is one year, I have two sisters, but my sister that's one year younger than me was my, my, uh, my backup. So she would actually throw down with me. So it was, it was pretty amazing. 
we stuck together pretty tightly. Yeah, I mean, and that's what I was talking about. Like, you you get forced into a situation, and you have – it's fight or flight. Like, you have no other option than to stand up for yourself or let people to continue to talk shit and do the things that they're doing. And it's kind of it's kind of weird because it, in today's society and world, it's like uh, – it's a mixed – I think it's a mixed thing how people look at it. Like, fighting shouldn't be an option. But when I grew up, I felt like there was no other option. So – yeah, you get pushed into a corner and you come out, you come out swinging. So that's how right. I felt, anyways. Right. So. Yeah, but I, I would, um, I, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll say it on the podcast. Luckily, not too many people listen. So, but uh, if anybody, if anybody wants to go one on one with me next summer, I'm down. Basketball or in the or or oh, in the boxing I was ring. Say, you're not going to get too many people that. that... That message you and say, "Yeah, I want to fight you." <laughs> We're gonna you never, box. Eh? You never know. I mean, so, and that's the thing is, like, I just the thing, the thing that it doesn't bother me, but I just find it odd that there's these accounts where these people are, um, they're like fake tough guys or like fake entrepreneurs or, um, like they just have this. It's a fake persona with this card stuff, right? That they're like making hundreds of thousands of dollars and doing all these things. Um, and to me that it's like, uh, they're like dirt bags. And I don't understand why people follow those accounts, especially when these guys are charging way above comps, um, not giving any value back on like repacks or, uh, or their mystery packs or whatever it is. It just baffles me that I don't know how, where these people find these accounts and why do they continue to follow them and pay this money into it? It's crazy to me. Yeah. You kind of get like a little, it's kind of funny. Like you get a little following your, your head gets big and then all of a sudden you, you know, you decide, Oh, my, my entertainment value is worth such and such. And you kind of, you know, you increase prices or you talk like I, I used to break with somebody. I'm not going to mention his name, but I, I spent, well, you've probably seen me in breaks and, and things, how I spend money on cards, but I spent a small yeah. a small fortune on cards. And then, you know, some bigger fish comes in or whatever, however you want to put it, and then basically didn't speak to me, which was kind of like, hey, man, I'm. it's not that it, you know, I don't have to give you my money and I don't really care, right? right? Like, right. you're providing cards and these cards are available just about everywhere. So I was kind of, you know, I thought we had kind of a relationship. Oh, your head's too big. That's fine. I'll go somewhere else and spend my money. So right, right. It's all. It's, yeah. it's not even. It's not even customer service. Just building a rapport with something, a rapport with someone that you think maybe should be or is more more than just about the money because you like that person or you're friends with them. And and that's the thing with these other accounts and the bigger accounts is like, I don't, they're not nice to anyone or friends with anyone. Like if you're doing you're doing a repack of like, and this, I'm not calling anyone specific out. It's just what I've seen on a ton of accounts where it's like, if you're like, like let's say you're doing a repack of a hundred repacks, right? Which is crazy amount of, of repacks to me, or even 10. And you offer one chaser that's double or triple the value of the buy-in and there's no other guarantees. Why would you join that? Like when I do mine and I'm not plugging mine, I just, I do 10 repacks at a hundred dollars, right? If I did 10 at a hundred or whatever the price is, I guarantee you're going to get that value back in that repack. And then I always do like 
half of those repacks are chasers. So half of them, you're going to get a card that's worth double your money or triple or quadruple. And the value only because I know what I paid for those cards. I know what the current value is. And I, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night just straight ripping people off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't want if anyone your podcast, to like, I'd plug I'd plug my repack if it was my podcast. I'd be like, hey. <laughs> Come to, break and wax mystery packs. Come on, get them. But get them I, I guess, hot. I guess if anyone's listening to the podcast, if if you feel like uh, you fit into one of those categories or those accounts I was talking about, where you're too good to treat people fairly and you overcharge for stuff, and you're okay with that, and and you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, "That's what I do." Come come at me next year at nationals, and we'll set it up. <laughs> there you go. Because I just I got, feel like those. Next time, after after Don, I, there's a guy that does the most amazing repacks, and I don't want to name drop or anything. So I'll DM no, you after. Oh. No, 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 tell me, no, please. I, I, I like good accounts and good people, so I want people to find out. Do you know they are. call me Gun? Have you seen this guy? No. He was big with Tim. Okay. Uh, yeah, they um, they call me Gun is his name on Instagram. And I think I follow him actually. If you haven't joined, like, if you want to buy a repack and make three times your money almost on every repack that he does, just buy right. it. I've seen guys just go in <clears throat> into his lives and say, oh, you're doing repacks? I'll buy five of them. And there's only, like, 15 of them, right? Some wow. of them are $1,000. Some of them are 450 Like, there's some some pretty big cards that he's just... You know, you're tripling, quadrupling your money automatically. Yeah. Uh, I, you know what? I do, I do know him, and I've DM'd him because he, that dude's got some huge cards. Like yeah. I've noticed, he's had a lot of Justin Herbert big ones, Mahomes. Um, yeah, so I, I am familiar with that account. Um, yeah, yeah he's awesome. got a Luca Dragon out of yeah. Optic. Yeah, things like yeah. that. Yeah, I, yeah, I wanted that thing, and I was hoping he would want to trade the uh, Zion White Speckle for it, but I don't think I even offered. But it is what it is. I actually just moved that uh, White Speckle Zion. Nice. So yeah, that is a big card. That is a big it, card. It is, and I and I traded it for. Uh, so it was a flawless um, LeBron's first year. It's a flawless to ten or twenty. I don't. I don't remember, but it's just, it's a, a patch card, but flawless, but it's pop one PSA 10. Um, I traded for that and a Zion hoops, premium shock, uh, auto, uh, PSA 10 also. So, you oh, know, nice. I found, yeah, I found it. it's, it's hard to move those bigger pieces. Like you kind of have to have a buyer or someone that wants it. And then there's that part of it. And then, you have, they have to have something you want too. And for me, like I said, it's not always about the money. If I can get PC pieces that I really want, that's my preference. So I felt like having those two things would maybe put me closer to that LeBron rookie or the Jordan rookie that I'm looking for. So, but uh, but you know, I'm I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned another account. Is I guess is there is there anybody on the podcast you you want me to ask or see if they want to come on or that you'd be interested in listening to? Tim, if Tim, you can get card uh, stash, he is, uh, man, I can't, yeah, you know, the cards that he's had in his, in his possession for yeah. Lord knows how many years, just amazing. So, yeah, like he has that website, Fleer, what is it, uh, 
oh Fleer collection or whatever. If you check him out on Instagram at Card Stash, yeah, he has probably some of the most amazing cards you'll ever see. At, and, you Tom, know. and and Tim, just like you and everyone else, is probably one of the nicest guys in the hobby as well. Oh, for sure, absolutely. Yeah, because he had that crazy, um, all those jambalaya cards, right? But I, did he end up auctioning a bunch or a set, right? Yeah, I I believe it was. Some, you know, we all we all have things happen in our lives, and you gotta you gotta make some some tough choices. And I I think he did part with a number of cards, a big portion of his collection. Um, but man, he has some of the like like I said, and not just the jambalayas, but he had PMGs, red, greens, blues. Right. Like some of the biggest monster cards that uh, any collector could ever have, and uh, yeah, no, he's he's a wealth of knowledge too. So he'd be an amazing person to get on the podcast if if you can lure him into that. I I I think he'd be open to it. I don't see why not. He and he's got he's got sneakers. He's got all kinds of stuff. Tim does. I know he's he sits in that that room he's got there with that wall of graded cards um when he does breaks so yeah Tim, that's a great idea um, I'm, I'm actually disappointed in myself i haven't asked him to come on and i'm i'm really glad you came on um we we've been talking for i think just over an hour now um is there or probably longer than an hour but is there anything you wanted to talk about or anything we didn't talk on or hit on no i guess uh no, basically, if anyone wants to trade, because I am still working on my on my prism sets, so and uh, don't be shy to DM me because I, you know, I'm more than fair on on trades. Sometimes they they often weigh in the other person's favor. So, yep. you know, I just just things like that. Just keep the hobby fun and remember, like, lots of people say, you know, they they are still just cards, right? Yeah. You know, yes, they have some monetary value, but at the end of the day, you know, it's not worth wrecking our friendship or something silly over. So no, not at all. And I yeah. and I've seen a lot of uh, ruined acquaintances and friendships, I guess, over the last two years. But I I uh, I'm really glad you came on. I know I've been kind of asking you for weeks, and you've been kind of like, you don't want me on, but I did want you on, and and I and I think this podcast just kind of proves it. Like I knew it would be a good conversation. I know we went into a lot of different areas of things, um, but I, I'm very grateful and I'm, I'm appreciative of you coming on and, and talking to me today. Um, and I hope you come, come on again in the future. So, <laughs> Well, thanks. Maybe, yeah, maybe when uh, I get all my sets finished, <laughs> we'll have another conversation. <laughs> yeah. And, and by all means, if you're looking for stuff, tag me in it so I can repost it in the story. So. Oh, I appreciate that, man. Hey, thanks a lot. Um, have a good night, and uh, I, we got to go catch up on the game if there's any time left. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we'll go see who's winning. Yeah. All right, Phil. Thanks, man. Have a good night. You as well. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Break of Wax podcast. Please, if you enjoyed it, share it. Um, send the link out. Put it on your story. I welcome all feedback and comments send me a message let me know what you're thinking about what you want to talk about and if you want to be a guest on the show i answer all my dms i think it's weird when people don't that's another story for another day again thank you for listening i appreciate the support and all the love peace